The Buccaneers are getting healthy and just in the nick of time as the Green Bay Packers are set to invade Raymond James Stadium this weekend. We talk about the impact of those players and here to help us is Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks at jarco underscore bucks at d harrison 82 and at bucks underscore nation we welcome all returning and new listeners to the locked on bucks podcast and now your locked on bucks podcast tampa bay buccaneers lead story from james yarco and david harrison on tuesday the tampa bay buccaneers had a plethora of players return to practice some for the first time in weeks according to a tweet by rick stroud of the tampa bay times running backs lashawn mccoy and leonard fournette Wide receivers Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Justin Watson, and John Hurst, who had previously been on injured reserve, all returned to practice on Tuesday. Running back LaShawn McCoy was notably absent during last week's Thursday night loss to the Chicago Bears, and Leonard Fournette was active, however, not really a part of the game plan as he continues to recover from his most recent injury. Wide receiver Mike Evans has been a part of the entire Season and a productive part of the entire season, despite the fact he's been battling injuries since before week one, the fact that he was practicing for the team's first full practice before facing the Green Bay Packers, a really good sign that he's becoming healthier and healthier as the season goes on. Of course, star wide receiver Chris Godwin only played in one full game this season so far due to injuries himself, a concussion, and then a hamstring injury, which had him miss the last couple of weeks. Wide receiver Justin Watson was absent for the Chicago Bears game. Filling in for him was rookie Tyler Johnson, who did fairly well, at least in the first half of that game. So having Justin Watson return will be interesting to see how the Buccaneers use him in conjunction with Tyler Johnson as he continues to take strides towards becoming a productive part of the roster. And then wide receiver John Hurst, the undrafted free agent. Something that I talked about on yesterday's episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast is how important it is for the Buccaneers offense to be able to get the run game going and sustain the run game going up against the Green Bay Packers in week six. The Packers have the number one offense in the NFL and the Bucs are going to have to keep up with that. The best way to do so is to run the clock, run the ball and keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. Seeing that Shady McCoy and Leonard Fournette were back at practice is a huge boost for this team. Ronald Jones is going to get a little bit of reprieve here because he was the guy on Thursday night. We saw Keyshawn Vaughn come in early. He got knocked out with an injury, didn't come back until the next to last possession in the fourth quarter. It was all Ronald Jones being able to run out the tandem or the trio of these running backs is going to help the Buccaneers offense going up against Green Bay. We saw prime example, David, was in that Denver Broncos game where Ronald Jones was just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. 
Come the fourth quarter, you have Leonard Fournette bust off a 40-plus yard touchdown run, put him over 100 yards for the game. That's what the Bucs are going to have to do against the Green Bay Packers. On top of that, when they're in a situation where they're throwing the ball, it's no longer just Mike Evans and Scotty Miller. You have Chris Godwin, the person that I believed was going to be the Bucks' number one receiver in terms of receptions, yards, and touchdowns in the 2020 season. He's only played in two games. He looks to be on track to return. So these are huge players coming back for the Buccaneers in practice this week on track to play against the Packers, which David, I know it's early in the season, but this might be classified as a must win game. Right. And of course this week six matchup does stack up to be another, another game that side by side paper to paper, the Buccaneers certainly have the horses to be able to win this race. It's just going to boil down to a matter of who's healthy, who can contribute, how much they can contribute coaching penalties, discipline, execution is at the end of the day is what it's going to be about is how those players get on the field. And if the coaches can put them in position to be successful, if they can, then they can certainly come out with a four and two record and a statement win. something that we've been talking about for much of the early part of the season is this Buccaneers team kind of coming out and having that signature win, that statement victory to show the national football league that they are real, that they were worth all the preseason hype. A win here against green Bay would certainly do that. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to be joined by senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com and co-host of the Salty Dogs podcast, the one and only Scott Smith. But first, we have to give a shout out to our friends at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching. Back now in midweek here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. And of course, that means we are going to finalize our thoughts from the game that was and move into the game that is. And here to help us do that, of course, is a senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com and one of the hosts of the Salty Dogs podcast, Scott Smith. Scott, thanks again for joining us. How have you been and, and how are things going over there at the Advent Health Training Center? It's always my pleasure and I've been good. Um, would have been happier. Well, that went out in Chicago. I feel like that's one that got away. Um, you know, the things were quiet for a little while after that, but they're back to work now. And I think there's some optimism that we're going to get some important pieces back Uh Bruce Aaron said today he thinks that all the receivers and running backs might be able to start practicing on Thursday. So I don't know if we'll get every single guy back, but we should have a much more robust offensive cast of personnel. Absolutely. And I'm sure which we're going to need. Yeah, that'll <laughs> definitely go a long way to helping the Buccaneers get back on track. Before we dive into a whole lot of Buccaneers Packers, even a little bit of Buccaneers Bears stuff um, in this week six matchup, we do want to talk a little bit about a division rival. And of course, that's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, of course, firing coach Dan Quinn and GM Thomas Dimitrov after starting off 0-5. Former Buccaneers head coach Raheem Morris has been named the interim coach. You know him, Raheem, very well. I mean, offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter is also over there. You know him very well. Although Raheem's coaching tenure with the Bucs didn't end very well, how do you think he'll do in Atlanta? And do you think his time as a coordinator will lead to him being a more successful head coach this time around? I think probably the thing that will lead to that is just lessons learned from the first time around. I mean, there were there were successes in there, but... You know, I think he probably will be able to command uh, maybe a, a tighter ship uh, this time around. Probably realizes that's a good idea. Um, 
And, you know, obviously, yeah, his time working as a coordinator helped him get back into a position where he was somebody you'd want to put in as the interim head coach. And uh, he's done a pretty good job at that. He's worked on both sides of the ball, too. Um, you know, he was a wide receivers coach for up there for a while before they switched him back over to defense. So I think he'll do a good job. You know, he's obviously still a very charismatic guy. I think he can connect with the young players. He's still only, what, like 44 years old, something like that. So, um, you know, I think he'd obviously have to do an incredible job to stay on after this interim part. I think they'll probably try to cast a wide net, uh, you know, because they're looking for a GM and a coach. So, but, you know, he's got an opportunity at the least, and I'm happy he does. Scott, I went on a little bit of a tirade yesterday on yesterday's (laughs) episode uh, uh, about Thursday night football. One of our listeners jumped on Twitter and told me that it's a worthless conversation. The money will make sure that it never goes away. So I'd like to know your thoughts on Thursday night football as a whole, uh, you know, from an inside the franchise standpoint, you know, from your personal standpoint, and then what is it going to take? What do I need to do? What kind of movement do I need to create here to get the NFL to right this wrong and abolish these just absolutely atrocious Thursday night games? Well, I'll have to um, agree with you and uh, the person who told you is a worthless argument because I agree that (laughs) Thursday night football is an abomination, and yet I watch it every time it's on. Um, It just does not make sense. The NFL should not be making players play on that short of rest, and nobody likes it. It's It's not good for anybody except, obviously, the bottom line, and that is the bottom line. That's why I don't think the NFL is going to give up another night I just don't think that's something they'll do. Uh, so, you know, for for the obvious reason, I mean, how can you you can't really beat that argument, right? The NFL is is doesn't go backwards in terms of claiming new territory or adding new teams or adding new playoff spots. They only go forward, and uh, and so I, I'm sort of resigned to the fact that it's not going away, even though I think it should. Yeah, I think we all kind of agree on that. And yeah, and yeah, to your point as well. I mean, it probably is a mute point uh, complaining about it, but I fully and 100% support James' rant um, about the football. Me too. Yes. <laughs> um, this, this has now become my life mission, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Thursday Night Football, you can put Jets and Jaguars on there and it's going to dominate the ratings on Thursday night. So It is pretty crazy. And I know I watch it every time, even though I, uh, yeah, I'm opposed to it happening. I still find myself watching it. So Right. Um, so, Scott, speaking of Thursday night, uh, you've seen a lot of football in your career and your lifetime, of course, and there have been a lot of topics from this last Thursday night game between the Bucks and the Bears for people outside the organization to pick at, whether it's officiating, play, calling, really, you can take your pick. Uh, but what was your biggest takeaway following the loss to those Bears? Well, you know, one of the things we're struggling with is converting any third downs of any length. I mean, our third down conversion rate is is probably about league average overall, but I think we've only converted three of our 30 attempts that are more than six yards. So when we do a good job on the first couple downs of picking up some yards and putting ourselves in a good position, we can convert that. And, uh, but when we don't, and we have penalties that back us up or sacks on occasion, we have a very difficult time overcoming that. Uh, and I think that's something that it has to change. You, you know, you did also throw in there the uh, officiating, which I would love to jump on that topic, mm. but uh, the things yeah. that I would say would put me in danger of getting fined because as an NFL employee, I too can get fined. Right. Um, but, um, just hypothetically, generally, if I'm watching a game and I see a player making contact in a legal way with the quarterback as the ball's still leaving his hand, I would generally think that's a pretty good play. Just I hypothetically, would. not describing anything in particular. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I would agree with you as well. <laughs> me too. 
Scott, let's let's look ahead to this week. It's a good old black and blue division matchup for the second consecutive week. Packers have the number one offense in the NFL. They're expecting to get Devontae Adams back this week, which is going to be an even bigger boost to an already potent offense. And in the last couple of games, the Buccaneers secondary has had some moments of, of struggle for sure. What have you seen out of this Packers offense that the Bucs defense might be able to expose or take advantage of that we haven't seen other teams get to yet. <laughs> so how do, how do we stop Aaron Rodgers? Who's in a groove? I mean, I, slow we all slow down maybe <laughs> yeah, slow down. Well, you know, um, you could get aggressive, I guess you could see if, you know, that's always, it's always a tough call against a quarterback of that veteran capability uh to start blitzing him because you know he's seen it all and and you're you're worried about the risk reward in that situation one thing that would help is if we can continue to stop the run you know three straight games of holding a a, an opponent under 50 yards that's the first time the bucks have ever done that obviously the run defense is fantastic we'll see if it's as fantastic without vita vea in there um but if you can at least keep them from getting the run, you know, because they've had a very balanced offense. They, they're running very well and they're throwing very well. And if you can take away that one part, maybe you can get a little more pressure on on, on Aaron Rodgers. I think you're going to need your your frontline guys to do it, though. I Yeah, we have a lot of very good blitzers, but I'm not sure how often you want to do that. Even though Coach Arians did say today, you have to stay aggressive against Aaron Rodgers. You can't play scared. So um, I don't know what Todd Bowles is going to do, but um, – you know, it's hard to it's hard to fool Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and that's one thing that the Todd Bulls defense does so well is disguise what they're doing and and catch the other quarterback. Uh, you know, catch the quarterback in a situation where he thinks he's seeing one thing and then it's something else. That, that's probably going to be kind of hard to do against Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, it certainly is not going to be easy, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a reason that Aaron Rodgers is one of maybe three or four early front runners for the league MVP award already. Um, so yeah, definitely a difficult matchup facing or coming up for the Buccaneers defense. Uh, but James kind of touched on the history between these two teams and the old NFC central. So I want to kind of dive into a little bit of that before, because honestly, Scott, when the NFC central was a thing, I was a little too busy hanging out with friends and doing other recreational activities to be as smart about the NFC central as maybe some people would like me to be. So what's your favorite Bucks and Packers memory and full disclosure, I'm going on a Packers uh, podcast tomorrow. I'm being interviewed for a Packers podcast tomorrow. I'm going to steal your memory as my own, so please make it a good one. <laughs> well, the best – it's not a specific memory, but the best part of that rivalry in the 90s was Brett Favre against Warren Sapp. And Sapp got Favre 11 times, which is the most he sacked any quarterback. Um, and he would get him, and then Brett Favre would make an incredible play on third and 15, and it would go back and forth, and, and they had a mutual – respect for each other in the midst of that rivalry uh, you'd often see them getting back up and like slapping each other on the shoulder or whatever after a sack so um, that was probably the biggest thing I think my favorite play from around that era was probably um, Shelton Quarles 98 yard interception return for a touchdown I think that was in the 2000 game you know the Buccaneers had a, had an issue with Green Bay there once they turned the the franchise around beginning in, you know, 96 at the end of it. And then 97, the, the hurdle that they couldn't get over for a few years was the Packers. They were the big beast of that division and the Buccaneers were good too, but they couldn't beat the Packers. And I think it was in 1997, they lost three times to the Packers, including the playoffs. So when they finally got over that hump late in 98, and then over the next few years, got a few wins against the Packers. You've seen that they 
they made it past that hurdle and now they can continue towards rising towards, you know, the ultimate, which they eventually got to. And when it later became more of an issue of getting past Philadelphia, but for a while, Green Bay was the issue. And so um, that, that win in 98 was big. I do remember the, the win at the very end of the 2000 season for good and bad reasons. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, it wasn't a win. It was the final game in 2000 and the Bucks uh, had a chance to win the game with Martin Gramatica as something like maybe a 40 yard field goal. And he was automatic back then and he missed it. Uh, and, and we lost in overtime. And, and because of that, we lost a first round bye and ended up having to go to Philadelphia. So that's probably the most memorable game, memorable game for me in a not so fun way. Yeah. And it's, it's funny as fate would have it, even after the division realignment, that first season, they still played the Packers, you know, in the Super Bowl season, the infamous Warren Sapp, Chad Clifton, Mike Sherman incident. But in all your time covering the Bucks and, and the Packers, I, I do have to ask as as kind of a, a fanboy, despite the, the division rivalry, did you ever happen to have the opportunity to speak with or interact with Brett Favre during kind of the heyday of that rivalry? I don't think I personally did. I can tell you that because I was there for all that, I still feel like Brett Favre is my favorite quarterback. I, I would probably have a hard time arguing that he's the best quarterback of all time. But if I had a team and I got to pick a quarterback in his prime, I would go with Brett Favre. I just I saw him do so many amazing things against the Buccaneers, and it was frustrating at the moment, but it was also amazing. Um, so, yeah, here's a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, a couple bits, actually. Brett Favre, his he first got into the into the game for the Packers. You know, they traded him for him from Atlanta after he spent one year in Atlanta in 91, traded a second-round pick for him. And Don Mikowski was their quarterback at the time. And their second game of the 1992 season was in Tampa. And they weren't very good at the time. And the Buccaneers were just rolling them. Uh, I think the final score of that game was like maybe 31 to three or something like that. But uh, Don Mikowski was benched at halftime. Brett Favre got his start against the Buccaneers. Uh, and actually his very first pass was completed to Brett Favre. Yeah. It was Favre. <laughs> so, uh, he didn't start the next game against Cincinnati, but then he started the next game. And then I think he started 253 straight games after that. It was incredible, but it all kind of started here in Tampa. It's kind of funny that you said that, that, you know, the starter got benched, Favre came in uh, against the Buccaneers, because I remember David and I were talking just the other day, and uh, I talked about, just off the top of my head, remembering Josh Freeman coming into the game for the Buccaneers, the throwback creamsicle game against the Packers and led a come from behind win against Aaron Rodgers, you know, in, uh, in Raymond James stadium. So it's kind of, actually kind of funny that, that both guys would, would get their start against the well, other. Actually Freeman got the start in that game. He, he we had been in London and, and um, gosh, who, who even oh, it was, it was Josh Johnson. Mm-hmm. Started the first three games, I think. And then Josh Johnson started the next four and Josh Johnson was benched in London in a bad loss to, I think, maybe New England. And Josh Freeman got his first action there, and then he got his first action in the throwback game the next week. And, and you know, Green Bay actually ended up going to the playoffs that year, and we were 0-7 at the time. So in retrospect, it was a gigantic upset, uh, 38-28. I think we had a defensive touchdown and maybe even a blocked punt return touchdown in that game. So Freeman had a lot of help, but it was exciting at the time. More coming with Scott Smith, the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com here at the Locked on Bucks podcast, your team every day. But before we get to that, guys, we've got to talk about Built Bars. If you guys are following me on Twitter, you might have seen me drop a picture of receiving the latest shipment of my own Built Bars. 
I got to build your own box. I got a box of strawberry cookies and cream and mint brownie because those are three of my favorite delicious flavors. These bars are great for anyone who at all is any type of health conscious, whether you're trying to lose or maintain your weight or whether you want to work it into your workout diet. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, but they're high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Me personally, I put them in the fridge and I take them to work with me. They're amazing. Uh, I love them when they're cold. Go to builtbar.com right now. You can try them yourself. Use the promo code locked on and you will get 20% off of your next order. Again, guys, that's the promo code locked on for 20% off of your favorite flavors at builtbar.com. Let's be honest. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off. We blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. Getroman.com slash locked on. It's a Wednesday edition here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. We are joined by the senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, co-host of the Salty Dogs podcast, the one and only Scott Smith. Steering it back to, to this week, now that we've kind of reminisced about days gone by, Devin White and Jason Pierre-Paul today had plenty to say about the Buccaneers' run defense this season and the matchup this week against arguably the best healthy running back in the NFL in Aaron Jones. I have to put that caveat because I still think Christian McCaffrey's the you know the best in the NFL. But given the fact that the Bucs have lost Vita Vea, how well do you expect Raheem Nunez Roaches to do filling in that role? And how do you think it's going to affect the run defense as a whole going up against a guy as dynamic as Aaron Jones? Yeah, it can't be a good thing. I mean, I just, I don't know if every fan out there, there's a lot of very savvy fans who would know, but I'm not sure every fan out there knows just how much of an impact Vita Vea was having because nose tackles don't rack up a lot of sacks. Although he does have two, he did have two sacks and, I think maybe three quarterback hits before he got hurt. But if you watch some, uh, just a little bit of tape, you see him constantly like holding up two guys at once. And that obviously lets your, your linebackers, Levante and Devin run free and hit those seams and get those running backs down before they get going anywhere. And, and Raheem Nunez Rochas, or as we call him Nacho will do the same things. And he had a great training camp and he, he bulked up his upper body in the off season to get stronger because he knew he's going to be the backup nose tackle. And, uh, and I mean, he looked great in training camp, even from the standpoint of rushing the passer a little bit. So I think he'll do well, but it's hard to ask anybody to step in and be, and play as well as Vita Vea was playing. And this guy was the 12th overall pick in the draft for a reason. And he was just really coming into his own this season. It's, it's a really bad loss. And every team around the league is having losses. I understand that, but this one stings. I think the Buccaneers will still have a strong run defense because Indomitian Sue is still very good. Will Golston's an unsung hero who's very good. And I think you might see a little bit more of Will Golston because 
he was the guy who most commonly came off when you went to your sub package and you only had two down linemen. You most commonly left Sue and Vea in there. And uh, now I, I think there's a possibility Will could play more on passing downs. And, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Will Golston is actually the team leader right now with seven quarterback hits. So he's getting a little more pressure than we're used to in previous seasons. And uh, he could be part of the solution as well, just a little bit more for Will Golston. Yeah, he's uh, Will Golston's a guy that James and I have, have talked about earlier this week. And, and just like you said, I think kind of a little bit of a, an under underappreciated guy who's who's really been stepping it up this year and looking forward to seeing just how much he can contribute to try to fill that gap left hey, by hey, Via Dave, Dave, speaking of unsung heroes, remind me, yeah. <laughs> who did I pick when you guys asked me that question before the season? Who you picked? picked Scotty Miller. Yes, you did. And, and I'll tell you, I've got that graphic uh, weighted and I'm waiting and I'm kind of waiting for the perfect moment to throw it out there during the season here and there. Uh, All right. Cause I mean, specifically, I remember saying that I didn't just think he'd be a good third receiver who could like take the top off and help the others that I thought he could get six or 700 yards and presuming he can stay, you know, he can be healthy for enough games. I think that's practically a lock at this point. Right. And I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, James and I talked about on this show, we were, we were disappointed, not like in Scotty, but you know what I mean? That he wasn't able to contribute a little bit more to Chicago. And I'm sure nobody's more disappointed than, than he himself uh, but then you go back and look at the snap counts. I mean, he was out snapped by Tyler Johnson. That's not a coincidence. I, I imagine that's got to be, you know, uh, that that injury, of course, and the quick turnaround from from the previous game. Yeah. So, yeah, he was clearly not 100 percent. Exactly. So hopefully he's getting back on track with the rest of these guys and, and taking advantage of that pseudo buy, as I like to call it, uh, and looking forward to seeing him get back on track. Uh, but Scott, I got one more question before we let you go tonight. I know James has one after this. Uh, but for my last question, though, Scott, I want to play a game. <laughs> Looking at the Green Bay Packers roster and depth chart, uh, I wonder if there is a player you would take, if you could, and place him on the Buccaneers roster. The caveat, of course, is that you have to trade the exact same depth position player to Green Bay. So if you take Aaron Rodgers, you're sending Tom Brady to Green Bay, as an okay. example. Is there is there a guy, and obviously I'll give you a moment because we didn't prep you for no, this. No, 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 I'm ready. I'm oh, ready. you're out, outstanding. Oh, Let's wow. do it. <laughs> it's actually pretty easy. It's actually pretty easy because it just dovetails from the conversation we were just having, but I would take Kenny Clark and okay. trade a defensive yep. tackle back to them because he's fantastic, and he's exactly what we need right now with Vita Vea out. I mean, and he actually is a guy that gets a lot of pressure up the middle in addition to be, being strong against the run, so yeah. um, he could add another element to your pass rush there because – we have been getting some pressure up the middle, but you can always use more, and and it's hard to get that. That's, teams are always looking for that, and it's very hard to find. Uh, so considering the need we have on the roster at this very moment, he's coming back from an injury. He's missed the last three games, but when he's on the field, I was just looking at some stats today for something I was writing, and when on opposing dropbacks since 2018, when Kenny Clark is on the field, the Packers are getting pressure on the quarterback on 36% of the, their dropbacks. When Kenny Clark is off the field, that drops to 22. percent wow, So he's wow. making a huge difference in their pass rush when he's on the field. So I think he could help the Bucks quite a bit right now. Can we make that happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that that would be a great move, Scott, if, if the Buccaneers were able to make it happen. Um, maybe that game wasn't quite worthy of a jigsaw audio clip. So I'll have to, I'll have to think of a better one for the next time you're on the show. I've never seen those movies. I I don't really like gore gore movies. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, I would definitely recommend you stay away from the Saw series. Then, um, yeah, I definitely <laughs> yeah. will. All right. Well, Scott, we have come to the end. So you take a look: Buccaneers versus Packers, Brady versus Rogers. What is your bold prediction? Who wins the game, and what is the final score? Well, I think it's going to be a, a bit of a shootout. Um, I think our defense is better than their defense by quite a bit. 
but you know you can't really expect them to take a team that's seemingly scoring at will and running up 38 points a game and really shut them down. Uh, so hopefully uh, the defense can at least provide some big plays. Uh, and I do think our offense will be much more in a groove after getting a lot of guys back. So I think it's a shootout. And I think Tom Brady leads the game winning drive in a 30 to 27 Buccaneers victory. I will gladly take it. My stepson is a huge Packers fan. <laughs> I still have a lot of anger and animosity towards them from the NFC central days. So nothing <laughs> would make me happier than to not listen to him. Give me a hard time. Should the Packers <laughs> go on to win this one? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, where can everybody find all the incredible stuff that you are doing? Well, obviously, Buccaneers.com. And we, we try to we try to cover everything and, and give you as much as we can. Uh, I'll be doing a live our weekly live show with Casey Phillips tomorrow on Facebook live at 10 a.m. We'll be talking about a lot of current events. Um, you mentioned the Salty Dogs podcast. Uh, we'll be recording that tomorrow. So, um we got a lot going on. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much for some of your time tonight. Really appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks, it's Scott. always my pleasure, guys. I appreciate the invite. And that is going to do it for this episode. Make sure you are checking out the crossover episode tomorrow with, of course, David and Locked On Packers host Peter Bukowski as they talk week six Buccaneers Packers. Until then, please. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at LockedOnBucks. Bucks.